Listen to what Jesus said in John 14, 13 and 14. He says, I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. John 16, 23 and 24. In that day you'll no longer ask me anything. I tell you the truth. My Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Until now, you've not asked for anything in my name. Ask, and you will receive, and your joy will be complete. Do you hear the kind of words Jesus used in there? Ask for anything. Ask for anything in my name, and I will do it. I wonder if we really believe that. Do we really believe that the Son of God said, ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it? And what I want to start by saying tonight is that our prayer lives rise or fall based on our perception of Jesus. In other words, based on how we view him and respond to that view, we're either going to have a prayer life that is epic or an epic fail. It all rises and falls with him. Okay, if you have a a light view of Jesus, you're going to have a lame prayer life. But if we have a right view of who Jesus is as God's son, it opens up the potential to have that awesome prayer life. How many of us want just that intimate connection with God the Father? I mean, I want that. I was was thinking about something. Have you ever been in a part of town that you didn't know so well and, and you needed to get direction so you stopped somewhere and there's somebody there is usually with a good heart Uh, But they start laying out the directions like this. Hey, if you go up just a few blocks past that crooked pine tree, little ways past that, you're going to find a red mailbox, but not the one that that has the dent in it. There's a red one that that looks brand new. You want to turn left at that one, and you want to go just a few houses down past the kind of tan house. And then you know you've gone too far if you get to the house that has the petunias on the side of the driveway. And you're kind of like, okay, thanks a lot. And you try to follow it, but you're lost as all get out. Isn't it so much better when somebody takes the time and says, hey, I'm going to hop in my car. You follow me. Isn't that easier? That's what Jesus does. There's a lot of people in this world scrambling, trying to figure out how in the world do I get this relationship with the Father? And they're doing all kinds of backflips and cartwheels, trying to impress God, trying to get their way into that relationship. And all the while, Jesus is saying, hey, follow me. I am the way to the Father. You remember what he said in John 14, 6? He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Ephesians 2.18 says it's through Jesus that we have access to the Father. Remember Acts 4.12, it says there's no other name under heaven whereby we may be saved. So the first place I want to start tonight is if you've been trying to talk to God, but you feel like your prayers are just bouncing off the ceiling, square one is to go back and say, do I... Do I really have a relationship with Jesus Christ? 
Do I really have that personal relationship where I've embraced Him as my Savior? Because what this means is if I don't, I have no access to the Father. There are people in this world that pray and have no conversation going on with God. They bounce off the ceiling because there's no relationship with Jesus. And if you're here and you're, you've been feeling that, the only conversation that opens up that conversation is to say, oh God, I've been trying this my own way for so long and I keep running into a brick wall. And I'm tired of trying it my own way. Lord, I believe that you sent Jesus to die on the cross for my sins in my place. I trust in that. I believe that he rose again. And I want to follow him from this point forward. I want to have access to you through that relationship. And I thought about that idea of access. How many of you guys have Sprint? Am I the only one? Me and Lori back there and Carolyn, who's in the nursery, we all got Sprint. And Sprint has the everything plan, which is pretty cool. It gives you all the texts, all the web surfing, and all the, the phone calls you can make for one set price. It's a pretty awesome plan. And I was thinking about their everything plan, but it pales in comparison to God's everything plan. Because you think about this privilege we have to talk with the creator of the universe, and there's no bad reception zones. I can do it anytime, any place, and maybe best yet, if, if you have a cell phone, don't you dread getting those bills? There's no bill to talk to the Father because Jesus paid it all. So that's part of what it means to pray in Jesus' name. It means when I talk to the Father, I come through Jesus. You understand that? That's the only way to the Father. A lot of you guys know I went to Moody Bible Institute in Chicago, and that school was named after a man named D.L. Moody. How many of you are familiar with any of his story? I always thought it was kind of interesting. If, have you ever seen a picture of D.L. Moody? Okay, if you've seen a picture, you'll find this funny. At Moody, while you were a student there, you were never allowed to grow a beard. Not that that affected me much. Uh, but they, they said you can never grow a beard unless it's very neatly trimmed and you can't have it in process. It's got to be nice and clean. Now, if you haven't seen D.L. Moody, go on Wikipedia and look him up and you'll see a picture. This man had the wildest looking beard you can imagine. And he was, he was an uneducated shoe clerk when he started out preaching the gospel to people. And there's a story told in his life uh, of something that happened in his life where there was this well-known judge in Chicago. And you know judges, They're, they come with a lot of respect. They wear those black robes. I mean, I was sitting in the courtroom with Brent and Cynthia a couple weeks ago. Uh, we had a friend going through some stuff, and that judge comes in, everybody stands up, and he sits down. It's, it's kind of a touty position, right? Well, he gets a call from this judge's wife saying, hey, I want you to come talk to my husband because he's a Unitarian, and he doesn't believe Jesus is God, and he doesn't believe that he has to trust in what Jesus did on the cross to have a relationship with the Father. I want you to come and talk with him. And at first, D.L. Moody was, he admitted he was hesitant because he's a shoe clerk and this is a judge. And going into the judge's chambers and all that freaked him out a little bit. But he prayed and he said, Lord, I know you want me to do this, so I'm going to go in there. He got there and the judge had a number of secretaries that were already laughing and giggling. 
you know, Moody wasn't the best dressed guy. And they, they knew he was coming to convert the judge, and they were just laughing about how quickly this clever judge was going to cast this uneducated shoe clerk out of his office. But D.L. Moody was faithful. He walked in. He went into the judge's private chambers. They began to talk, and the conversation was very brief. Didn't get very far, but all Moody said at the end was, hey, if, if you end up ever trusting in Jesus, please let me know. Let me know. And he walked out, and as he was walking out, the judge sort of sarcastically said, yeah, I'll let you know. About a year passes, and D.L. Moody gets contacted, come see me. And he goes into the judge's chambers, and the judge starts to tell him, he says, shortly after you were here, there was a night where my wife was at a prayer meeting, and I began to grow increasingly restless and uncomfortable inside. He said, I was miserable. So miserable, I just decided I'm going to go to bed and shut it out. And I went to bed before she got home from the prayer meeting. Then I got up the next morning, and it was still there. So I called all my secretaries, told them, you guys take the day off. And I went into my private chambers, and I dropped down on my knees. And I said, oh, God, forgive me. Forgive me. But he said, I couldn't find any relief. I couldn't bring myself to say, forgive me for Christ's sake or on behalf of what Jesus did because I didn't believe in that. I kept crying out, forgive me, and the misery inside of me got heavier and heavier until finally I broke down and said, for Christ's sake, Lord, forgive me. And he said, at that moment, when I finally said those words, for Christ's sake, peace flooded my heart. It's only through Jesus. We can pray all we want, but if it's not through Jesus, it's not going to meet the needs that we have. Some of you in here made that decision a long time ago to trust in Jesus, right? You've had that unlimited access plan to the Father. My word to you is I hope that we never take that for granted. I hope that we never take for granted that wherever I'm at, whenever I'm at, I can talk to the Father. But I want to tell you too, it's still as important for those of us who have trusted in Jesus for a long time to pray in His name as it was when we first came to Him. So what does that mean? I think sometimes, like I was saying at the beginning, we imagine it's this magic formula to help us get what we want. Like, Lord, I really want to win the Powerball this week. And just so I make sure you're hearing me and we're on the same page here, in Jesus' name, you hear that? Amen. We, we, we sometimes... If we don't think it through that much, we, we treat it like it's that magic formula. But what does it mean? I, th I believe we should say that at the end of our prayers. He, he told us we need to pray in His name. But what does it mean? It means that when we pray, we pray for His glory, for His sake. It means we begin to want what He wants. We care about him and what he wants more than about what I want or what anyone else around me wants. We want what he wants. I, I recently heard a true story 
about a husband praying to God. His prayer was, Lord, give me wisdom. I need to know whether I should stay with my wife or go live with my girlfriend. He honestly prayed that prayer. And I'm sure he tacked on in Jesus' name at the end. Now you tell me, was that guy praying in Jesus' name? Not at all. He was praying in his name. He was after what he wanted. He had very little concern about what God or Jesus actually wanted. So he said the words, but he was not praying in Jesus' name. See, when we pray in Jesus' name, it means we're synced up with him. It means our heart beats with his. You understand that? There's a band I love called uh, Decipher Down that has a song called Forever With You. And there's one verse in that song that's talking about a moment spent with God. Listen to these words. He says, like shooting stars, how brief we are. And I wish this moment could last forever. Here with you, I am made new. I want to live like every breath matters. You're not so far away. Just hear me when I say, I want to love what you love. I want to see what you see. I want a hope that burns like a fire in me. I want your light in my life. I want my heart renewed. Here I am forever with you. You hear that? I want to love what you love. I want to see what you see. So we got to come back and say, what or who does Jesus love? What would we see if we looked at this world through his eyes? I think of one example. There's hundreds Remember when he looked at the crowds? He said he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. I wonder if that's how we see the world when we look out there and we see those who don't know him. When we know what he loves and know what he sees, praying in his name means we're saying, I want to love that. I want to see that. Colossians 3.17, we're going to close with this. Paul says, whatever you do, whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, for His glory, for His sake, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. My thought is when we find ourselves there, our whole lives synced up with Him, and it's a process for all of us. It's not just a climb and we're there. It's back and forth if you're like me. But when we're synced up with Him, everything we do is for Him. That's when we pray in Jesus' name. And that's what we're going to do tonight. But I want to come back to what I shared last week. Last week we, we heard three stories of people over the past few months that have come to know Jesus as their Savior. And I believe with all my heart the foundation of that was laid in prayers, in meetings just like this or on our own. This is the foundation. This is the fuel of what God's doing and will do through His church. So I'm going to say a word of prayer, and we're going to jump in. Lord, I pray that as we, as we go into this time of prayer, uh, Lord, that you'd help us to really grapple with what it means to pray in Jesus' name. Is my heart really synced up with yours? And help us to confess any areas where it's not. Lord, we want to claim those promises where you say, anything we ask in your name, you'll do. We want to ask in your name. Help us to do that tonight. But I know during this next song, we're going to take our offering. 
And I pray that just like our prayers, that would be one more element of, of praise to you, Lord, that we would give of the money that you, you've given to us. It's, it's all yours, Lord. Help us to give sacrificially and with a full heart for you. Lord, I pray that all these prayers and offerings that go up tonight would just be pleasing to you. And Lord, we thank you uh, for your son who gave us that access to you in the first place. It's in his name we pray. Amen.